Thank you for joining me for episode 10 of Civil Tension. We've been doing this for 10 weeks straight now. Thank you very much. Civil Tension is a podcast of conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening our ties that bind us together even when we profoundly disagree. Now, Civil Tension can be found on uh, streaming on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter at Civil Tension. You can join us on Facebook at the uh, by going to the Civil Tension Podcast group, as well as uh, we do have a developing Instagram and YouTube channel. Those aren't quite up and running yet. They, they will be there. Uh, you can also join in on the mailing list by sending it up to civiltension at gmail.com. Now, the conversation you're about to listen to may contain language and subject matter that some may consider offensive. Can everybody here at the table tell me what happens when you get offended? Pretty much nothing. 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 You're going to be okay. We know it. We believe it. And I am Peter Galt, your host, here with my co-hosts. John Guansi. And Tom Sellers. And we have our committed conversationalist guest today. Ken Nicholson. Bill Hassey. Ken, John, Tom, Bill, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, we actually already started a bit of a conversation before I clicked the record button today to do my little lead in there. Talking about statistics. Statistics are cold. They are numbers based on fact. And we know that we have had, you know, this week we had walkout Wednesday uh, throughout the nation, students walking out. I hope that a good number of them were walking out to indeed honor the lost lives that, that this was evidently intended. I saw a lot of things. I witnessed a lot of things quite contrary to that. 17 minutes of anything but a moment of silence honoring kids who died in a tragic, scary way. And it, that, that bothered me a lot. But in looking at this and in looking at uh, people screaming and yelling for gun sense, gun control, changing gun laws now, I started doing some digging and looking at statistics. And I discovered that deaths caused by firearm, and this is available through CDC, Center of Disease Control Data, as well as uh, other uh, crime data statistics gathering departments, crime departments, uh, it's all available. All all can be researched, these are factual numbers, that the cause of death due to firearm throughout the U.S. on an annual basis amounts to 0.0000118%. It is statistically minuscule, and that's firearm deaths as a whole. And I get that this is terrifying stuff. This is scary. When we were kids, many, many, many eons ago, because I know we're all old dudes. Well, not really, but I'm an old dude. I'll accept that. Uh, I got a lot of gray in my beard, a lot of white, actually. Uh, these, these things didn't even come up when, when I was in school. And I'll say I, because all of you are staring at me from across the table like, what the hell, don't let me in with these. <laughs> you <was> old. <laughs> hey, shut up. We're not in there. But... This uh, gun violence at school just was not even on the radar, not a blip. We had a few problems that we talked about last episode, and, and <coughs> metal detectors were actually installed. And um, in fact, they did actually just uh, pass new uh, legislation that now provides money for the installation of metal detectors and other safety measures. Nobody talked about that this week, not at all. Uh, but um, you know, we were talking about a lot of what we see I've been talking for four minutes and 30 seconds somebody shut me up and jump in here come on this is not the just peach Go what's your question my question <laughs> my question is statistically why are we shouting and screaming about things that statistically aren't even a blip on the radar the people want to change the entire construct of our Constitution of the United States based on something, well, albeit is scary, 
terrifying and tragic. The numbers don't make it any less tragic, but the numbers, the reality are and is, the reality is, this doesn't measure. It's not there. This isn't, this is a tiny little blip in the scope. So, of so people have too much time on their hands? No, no, Maybe I do. It's a, it's a horrifying thing. Terror yeah. generates terror. That's what terror is all about, right? It's a horrible thing. So you have this emotional bam that's, that makes it outweigh its statistical relevance. But the big deal is it is getting all the attention and all the emphasis and the power behind the drive because, it, because it's politically expedient for the people pushing the agenda. And that's all there is to it. It's, it's, it's nothing but a very attractive political football because it has emotional uh, reaching power built into it and uh, people can assume positions for nothing but political gain. This is gonna help me get reelected next month kind of thing. And uh, reality goes out the window when politicians start talking about things that can benefit them. Which is... I'm gonna go, go a little bit of a different direction here the same thing. You know, on your statistics that you're showing there, and I, this is kind of where I wanted to dive in a little bit, shows that the, I want to say by memory, the number one cause of death is heart disease, number two is cancer, yes? Yes. Yes, actually. I can give you the top 12. Do you want to? Hey, no, that's okay. I'm going to stop with one. Um, and we've used the word, and they are both apropos. You know, when you're talking about gun violence, it is terrifying. It is scary. Um, I'm a guy who just went through cancer. I went through treatments. I, I, for the most part, spent almost a year in a cancer treatment center every day. You want to talk about terrifying and scary? Talk to those people. Talk to them. Let's bring some of those kids that walked out for high school and didn't know what it is they were really walking out about. Let's give them a reason. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's walk out for something that you have some traction on. That's my suggestion. Wow. That's very positive. Well, I, again, show them what... I, <clears throat> Um, show them what a cancer ward looks like. You betcha. It's, that is terrifying. Even sure. walking just down a hospital hallway. You're right, just a hospital. I did that right. a couple times with my kids. Sure. Yeah. Well, there are, if you want to talk numbers here, there are 200,000 deaths a year in the U.S. due only, only to medical error. Mm-hmm. That's it. 200,000 deaths a year due to simple medical error in the U.S. That is um, about, let's see, how many times does 30 go into 200,000? About six times? 7,000 times. It's 600%. So that's 600% more than the grand total amount of deaths by gun, not broken down. But by, by firearms, uh, they attribute about 30,000 deaths, approximately. I'm approximating. I think it's 37,000 uh, on, on a little closer number and uh, a little over 200,000 on simple medical error. You are statistically phenomenally safer walking around the south side of Chicago after midnight than you are walking in to see your local doctor, your family. I don't, well, I don't know about the south side of Chicago. Well, statistically, more concentrated there. I'm just talking about statistics. It is more concentrated. Concentrated. Sure. I'm being contentious and a, a little bit facetious. Facetious. But to my point, you are safer. Phenomenally more safer going to school than you are going to the going to see your your family doctor, going to the hospital. Uh, it's it's. This stuff is, is truly terrifying. Tom, heart disease, number one. Number two, cancer. Number three, accidents, just in general. Just sure. general falling accidents. Down yeah, sure. falling down. Car accidents. Number four is uh, lung disease, number four cause of death in the U.S. Number five is stroke. Number six is Alzheimer's. Number seven is diabetes. Number eight is influenza, pneumonia, just getting the flu or pneumonia. Number so, eight. So nine list. out of the top ten are medical issues. And yes. number nine, no, because number nine is suicide, and across the board, uh, and with uh, regard to suicide, evidently poison and drug overdoses are the highest, highest within the category yeah, of suicide. Firearms, like thirty-five percent. Um, yeah, and if you look at firearms. Uh, 
deaths caused by firearms are the hugest number in suicide. Number 10 is nephritis or kidney disease. Number 11 is liver disease. Number 12 is blood poisoning. So we've got the top dozen causes of death. Firearms, nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Um, John, the, 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 the reason that this is dry, being driven with so much emotion, all the politics off the table for a moment, which can't be ignored, but we will for a while. The reason that this is so emotionally driven, and I want to say that my my grandmother had cancer, my grandfather had cancer. Uh, no one, I, I don't think anyone is alive today whose lives have not been touched by right. cancer. Right. And so I'm not, I, what I'm going to say may be contentious, but I'm not trying to be insensitive. The difference between what is being experienced in our schools as opposed to people who experience cancer is that something is being done intentionally from outside of the individual to them by someone else, as opposed to cancer, which has a myriad of causes, a myriad of reasons for why it develops, can be diet, can be exposure to different elements, can be genetic, go right on down the line. A sure. lot of different components play into cancer, but that cancer is being seen as something that quote unquote happens, air fingers quote, to the individual, not from outside by another individual, but just happens within their own cellular structure. And therefore, there's not a level of maliciousness seen with regards to cancer, but there is still tragedy. And we need to be very clear that there's a difference between we have to and the emotion of what's being driving this emotion is the maliciousness of gun violence as opposed, which is still tragic, as opposed to the non-malicious, still tragic elements of cancer, as well, all, as, well as the top 12 things that you listed on, on there that kill the most people in America. And that is why gun violence has an incredible level of emotion behind it. To say nothing of the fact that they're young people with all their lives in front of them, in the prime of life, coming up to speed, yada, yada, the world is their oyster, blah, 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 and they're cut short. And all that emotion is what's driving this. That emotion is what is statistically insignificant driving us to altering our constitution, and losing our republic as the Second Amendment protects the first. And even as we were talking before we got in here, before the mic went live, we were talking about how our First Amendment rights by large corporations, which will remain nameless, but are being suppressed, the podcasts that we put out there are being suppressed because of certain language and certain titles. It's out there. But that emotion is what's driving this thing. And I think, I'm sorry to say this, but my gosh, it's about time. It's about time that we actually uh, turn into uh, three wolves and a lamb discussing what's for dinner. Because by all means, if we can uh, do what needs to be done for the greater good of our common man and sacrifice and get rid of a statistical anomaly, but something that is driving 90% of our emotion and concern, all the better. Change your constitution, if you would, please. I, I'm disinclined to acquiesce with your request. We are off. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I am. I'm very much uh, not interested in acquiescing with that request. I, I, I have no desire to alter our First Amendment, Second Amendment, none of them, all the way down the list. Uh, at this point, I, I enjoy my personal freedoms and the right. To, to life, liberty, and happiness, as is listed in the 14th Amendment. I, I am happy about that. You're and okay with the sentiment of the 10th Amendment, which basically states that the power is not delegated to the federal, this lies and remains with the state, and when not covered by the state, relies with the individual? You're okay with that? Lies with the individual, I absolutely am. Something you seem to have lost track of completely. Okay. It's, I, folks under 25 or so, it's really hard to find somebody who has the same attitude towards 
responsibility for oneself that your average 50-year-old has. There is a shift here that scares us all. Yes. And um, I, 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 yes, I'm old, but I have no interest in going farther down this path where somebody isn't responsible for their own lives, for their own livelihood, and for their own proper behavior. But I, Ken, it takes a village, don't you understand that? It takes a village to raise, to nurture, to bring out the best in the human being. And for, for not yes, it own, does when you don't only have the, Not only for their own personal pursuits, but for, again, the good of the common, the good of the collective. Don't you understand that it's about the time that we are... Out the Kool-Aid? <laughs> Just We are all for, everybody at this table right now, everybody is for smaller government. Why? Because the way the system is set up, the consequences to our elected politicians for doing a bad job simply don't exist. And, or the feedback time is too long by huge amounts and any engineer will tell you that is a recipe for disaster. So, uh, <clears throat> so what's your point? Uh, my point is government has incented the destruction of family structure very heavily in certain parts of this country. So dads are no longer with a family, or in some cases moms are no longer with a family. The number of people with two parents has gone from like 70% to like 22%, depending on where you're looking. And the result is bad parenting, not to the, to the fault so much of the parents, but uh, to the fact that there's only one of them, right. right? And the government has done this by incenting them financially. You know, the next thing you're gonna to start to talk about, or worse yet, one of your other two conservative cohorts at the table, sorry Pete, you're the, the ringleader of this circus, but here it is. Jump through my hoop, come on. Light it on fire and I will. So here's the issue. That the thing, next thing you're going to talk about is the, how it is we have demasculated the American male, and that somehow plays a role. I mean, next thing you're going to do, you're going to pine on about that for crying out loud. Give me a break. Well, I can pine on about that if oh, you like. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. You know what? I, now we're going to have some fun. <laughs> the, the demasculation of the American male drives me up a freaking wall. Here, here. I get so annoyed at simple television commercials who portray the fact that a father is too damn stupid to oh. run a dishwasher <laughs> then or, or motorized blinds uh, yeah <laughs> or motorized blinds oh these my god are damn blinds anyway yeah these blinds go up how did that happen well dear because you're a total idiot and can't operate a simple string and knob device i bought motorized blinds that you can operate with this remote control oh remote control because of course that's about all i'm damn and it has two buttons, and let me show you how that works. Exactly. And when it breaks, you fix it. Right? There you go. Now, to be fair, I will say and I will admit that I have no idea how our washing machine works at home. I have not learned it. Uh, my my wife, and this this may sound horribly chauvinistic. My wife. Uh, does do the laundry. I do help fold it and put it away. Uh, sometimes I even remember to help grab a basket and bring it up out of the basement. Um, usually after watching her bring a couple out and then it registers, oh, you're bringing up laundry. I'd better get off my ass and help you. Um, oh, but go ahead. I want to get back in that same line of thought, but let's. this is all about parenting, right? So you brought it up. Uh, we learn from our parents how to be parents. Yes. All right. So, so when we raise our children, we're raising them very closely to how we were raised because that's the only thing we know. Now, that doesn't make the parents uh, good or bad. You know, it's 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 just a result of your being brought up. When you brought you bring in the community thing, you know, and, and raise everybody. With, uh, it takes a community to raise somebody. You know, I agree. I technically, I agree with that. I think it does take a community. Um, but let's go back to all the way back to the responsibility. If you take away an individual's responsibility to be a good citizen, be a good person, do their best, uh, 
and try and work and help with other people, um, you're going to have total chaos. You take away all responsibility, which is what happens in these shootings. We take away the responsibility of the shooter. And we say, where did we fail him in society? It's like, well, he did the shooting. You know, you, you got to hold people responsible. You can't just look at all of society and say, let's, where did we fail? And how can we change the laws and rules and regulations so that we don't fail again? I'm willing, in my heart, there's room to allow for sickness on the part of the guy wielding the gun. The people who should be held responsible are the folks around that person who didn't help him then or stop him when the time came to do that. It, it, well, we have an example. And there is no responsibility there. You've never heard of anybody going to jail, have you? I mean, actually going to jail for letting their kids get in a gun cabinet that supposedly was locked. Yeah, or for not saying that you think your child has some mental health issues and bring that up with, well, where do I bring that up? You know, what authorities do I go to? Do I go to the police and stir up that can of worms? Do I, you know, do I go to a mental health you center? Educate yourself. Do I go to the doctor? You, you'd be a parent. <laughs> and in my day, you'd have got your hand busted open for playing in the gun cabinet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, assuming we had one, which we didn't. But if we did, that would have been the rules. We didn't. We had them on the wall loaded and locked. But, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, at some point, there's got to be a consequence for bad and or stupid behavior. That's where the problem is. It starts at the top. Somebody mentioned earlier, you know, government officials. There's no, there's no punishment for doing stuff wrong. I mean, can anybody tell me the last major figure that? that even got indicted for any of the stuff that's happened the last eight years. Well, we're in Illinois, so. Yeah, that's, that's know, not a fair there's, there's, you're right. But, you know, if you're yeah, governor, there's two terms. There's one in office uh, and one in yeah. <laughs> I was going a little higher up the, uh, up the food chain. But if you, don't, if you don't lead by example, whether it be from the government or the society or the home, right. what do you expect is going to happen? If you at the home level don't teach your kids that there is a... a, a, a a response to your behavior and you allow it to keep going in that they become the rulers of the house instead of you what in the hell you think is going to happen when they get older well and that goes that actually speaks directly to the situation we're at as a society mm -hmm. uh, whether it takes a village or not it does I believe it does take parenting first and foremost it well, takes the family the parents but society that we live in we have all these all of these incredible number of laws this legislation all of this designed to help guide society the problem with that is is every ounce of that every bit of that relies on the willingness of us as individuals to comply as soon as that willingness to comply evaporates it's over it's done and you that's what you do see on the individual level of criminals when someone does not take risk you know, they take the responsibility to go out and, and they take action they are responsible for their actions because no one else can tell them what to do what not to do if they're gonna go out to do mayhem in, on any level they're gonna go out they're there to kill I think I've said this before and you have to meet that you have to meet those actions head on with the equivalent amount of resistance that they're bringing to their their own offense. Uh, that was a sports analogy coming out of my mouth. Which is extremely I, almost, I almost fell over. I'm you like, almost did. But <laughs> when someone is coming to do you harm, to do any of your children harm, any of your family harm, your then neighborhood community, you have to meet that with equal resistance and you have to be willing to do that. You can't go, oh no, gee, I guess we're not gonna be able to live tomorrow. That, because that's your option. You either stand up and meet it and you meet it with an equal force to stop it or you don't and you die. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Well, that kind of flies in the face of Democratic senator who was quoted not very long ago as well, with this gun issue thing raised its head again, and I believe the quote was something to the nature of, "If you uh, if you have a gun-free zone and people know walking in with guns that it's a gun-free zone, 
they'll put theirs down. That's human nature. Yeah. Do yeah. you, you, you remember hearing this? Yeah, oh yeah. And I'm like, I scratched my head for about 10 minutes thinking, is there anybody that stupid? And, and here, you know, but- Oh, there are many. This is why we have the legislation we have. Right. Joe Biden in 1990, I'm sure you've all seen this in the last four days, it went round and round and round, right? Joe Biden in 1990 created, conceived, campaigned, and pushed through legislation establishing all schools, all public schools, the ones they control, all public schools as gun-free zones in this country. Yep. That was in 1990. Since then, 94% of all mass shootings have happened in schools. Pretty simple stuff. So they didn't put the guns down as soon as they saw the signs? No. You, right. You laws mean. do not change <laughs> the behavior of outlaws. Right. That is the definition of outlaw. Right. Right. So the, the whole idea, if you talk to a, uh, a, to a pro-abortion person, uh, they will say that babies will get killed, will get aborted anyway. Abortions will occur anyway if you legislate against them. So you shouldn't do that. You should legislate in other areas to support that process. Right? But if you legislate against guns, all the guns are going to go away and there will be no more crime using guns. Well, that's the way it works in Chicago. Uh, didn't we try to do that with drugs? <laughs> that too. Didn't yeah. we try to do that with drugs? Drugs are against the law, but yet they're readily available in every in any community in this country. And we spend a phenomenal amount of money making very little difference. And the, but the issue with always is that I don't think that anyone actually believes that we could sustain or go the direction of Denmark. You couldn't, you, we, we would tear ourselves apart. You want to talk about people shooting up and addictions and deaths and lost productivity and welfare and all the rest of it. This is the, and this is the problem. The United States is a very different animal than all these other, I'm sorry, little countries that can afford their little social experimentations. Now, I have the conversation all day long about what you legalize and what you don't and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is, is that can you imagine if you lifted tomorrow the issue of drugs, all you would have is MS-13 would just simply get an LLC and they would proceed to become an honest, law, otherwise law-abiding organization. They would pay a ton of taxes. But those taxes that you would have to collect, that you would have to then funnel into burying the kids and the people that would get hooked on this stuff to say nothing of the heartache and the heartbreak and the stress and the destruction of human souls that you would see in that process would be uncalculable. You couldn't, you couldn't possibly hang a number on it. So that just, and that's the issue, is that once upon a time, drugs weren't illegal in this country. And really quite recently in this country, they were legal. They're, why would we legislate such a thing? Because it comes back to individual responsibility. Well, I mean, look at the original formula of Coca-Cola. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, true. It actually had a little cocaine in it. Right. But, oh, you can buy a lot of them in a hardware store. Yeah, yeah. that was real stuff. But again, it's and we actually we actually touched on that very very specific subject a tiny bit at Friday morning coffee today. Um, yeah. Someone actually posed, I think it was a newbie and Mike uh, said, "Well, hey, what if we just legalized it all and taxed it?" Sure, you see, but the the, the thing that I want to bring out, and this is really the, the the problem, is that that as societies become more populous, as the, the populations change in terms of their emotions, yes, in terms of their intellect, in terms of whatever it is you want to hang on it, as these things change, we're no longer frontiersmen, right? I mean, we're no longer farmers. We're not, right? I mean, the, I mean these, the society changes and marches on. Do you therefore need to legalize, uh, make drugs illegal, control it? And you know, don't even talk about the CIA and their role in this. Okay, watch a movie. Don't go uh, shoot the messenger. Great movie. Okay, um, go down. So have guns now come to that same point? It's like, look, we're no longer frontiersmen. We live too close. The the intellect, the emotion. The, I'm sorry, the moral underpinnings and seeking of God and the individual life is gone. Therefore, human life is cheap. It's a commodity. It shows it in our video games. It's shown in our movies. You have a college population out there right now that believes that you should be able to abort a child up to the age of two years of age. 
Well, perception is a great deal of it. You know, uh, uh, you can even bring up like, uh, here we are in a world but it's we're we're globalizing, right? We're this world eventually is going to be one world, not just individual countries. We're all going to be mixed races, and we're all it's going to globalize. Yet you still have, like the British. Well, you know they pull out of the the Union, the European Union, and and that was primarily based on they did not want to get involved in globalization. It takes away their identity. Well, we still you know, there, there's resistance to change, you know. Actually, there's quite a movement right. There's quite a movement right now in Italy with regards to national populism. Several places, the mm-hmm. union's going to go away. It has to, because it's not the way. People, <coughs> because people are by their nature want to be around people that are like them, mm-hmm. and they want to because they're identifying with their group. They want to self-govern and determine their future within certain parameters, within certain constructs. That's human nature. You can't get away from that. You can't legislate that out. I don't care if you're in Brussels or where you are. Well, parameters are laws, rules, regulations. But if those laws are not based on something that's greater, if it's just simply human law for the sake of human law, and it's not something that is greater, again, that which is written on the human heart in terms of God's law, then you're out the window. Now it's just holy subject. Bill wants to legislate me because that's what Bill and his people think <coughs> ought to be. Well, I don't accept that. Well, therefore, I, if I'm not allowed to live in my liberty, he has to either coerce me and I have to resist him, which ultimately the way that escalates is he has to live and I have to die or vice versa. Haven't we had enough of this? Well, I don't think that we'll ever get to the point where as... Humans, I'm going to speak incredibly large here, as a global race of humans, we are, just as you said, very, very tribal by nature. It's how we learned to exist. We have this tribe, and it goes from family to once upon a time, you know, neighborhood community, it, it advances outward only to specific points. And when you have people who clash, they're, they're going to clash over belief systems before anything else. Yep. Um, more people have died in conflicts over belief, beliefs, belief systems, than anything else. Ever, and that will, my guess and my best estimation is that is going to continue until so, at some point in time, if in the future somehow, by and large, the human race comes to a realization or an acceptance of a global belief system that everyone can wrap their heads around and join in and agree on, none of this is ever going to end. It's simply not. And when your belief system involves either my acceptance and assimilation or my death, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know, I'm not... If someone comes to meet me with, here's, here's my belief, this is what I believe in, we're going to share this openly with you and invite you to enjoy, join in. And by the way, if you don't, we're going to kill you. Do your best, because I'll kill you right back. War. Um, you know, yeah, that's war. And that's, I don't think we're ever going to see the end of that. I don't see the end of that. It, not, not in my lifetime, not in my children's lifetime, not in my grandchildren's or great-grandchildren's lifetime. I would be floored if that ever happened. And I think that probably, just as Ronald Reagan once said, what do you think would happen with regard to our global society if we had to deal with a threat that was not of this world? How would how quickly would we come together as a human race? Everyone would unite except for the French. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that I would argue not. And I'll tell you like I mean the last couple of weeks of this discussion are proof of that. We can't decide how to fix guns in schools. 
How the hell would we as a and that's a that's just in a little room. Actually, this this table well, we know could how come do. up some, with some pretty darn yeah. good ideas there. Right. But our government will not. And there's because my point. the moment a politician sees a political opportunity, he is no longer worried about solving the problem. Right. The government is not in the business of solving the problem. And to that point, now put a room full of governments together about something not I don't see it happen. I don't right. see a resolution. That's the problem with the European Union. Now, yeah. now you got a government over a government, right. which is the worst of all worlds. Right? <laughs> so, to statistically speaking, which is what we actually started out with, the likelihood, the statistics, I don't even know and wouldn't even begin to figure out how to find out what the statistics are of us, even as the United States. What are the statistics that we would actually unite? as states for a common cause on how to deal with a minute, tiny little subject. It's there, it's already written into our constitution. It exists, we know how to deal with this. People just don't want to do it. It's an ugly way to deal with. Meeting force with force is ugly. But that's why, but that's why it is because the constitution provides for it. That's why it is you have such a movement in this country to get rid of and disband and critique and criticize and demean the Constitution. That is, they coin it as something as a living document. It's not a living document. No, it's, it's a legal a, document. It's a legal document. It was ratified. It's ratified law. It is resolute. It is as written, as stated, is what it is, states what it states. But the reason that they want to get rid of that thing is because it stops them from going where it is they want to go and doing what it is they want to do. Which is that? Which is that one nation uh, coercion type of thing? My contention is, if you have the right to join the union, you also have the right to leave the union. That the state is actually delegates to the Fed. Don't get me started on Abraham Lincoln. Now I've taken my leftist hat off. That, 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 <laughs> Welcome you, back, John. But you, you do. We you, missed you. <laughs> but you do. So, so, if it, so again, if the if the federal government is the subservient, which the Constitution calls it out to be, if it is subservient and the powers are delegated to the feds by the states, uh, that means that the the state is the superior or the the uh, the master in this situation. They have the right to leave it. They have the right to get out. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Lincoln's war was not constitutional. And That's very true. And there's a, and as much as now can a person make the argument, well, what would the world have looked like if you did not have the United States of America with regards to fascism, with regards to communism, with regards to the great threats of, of the modern age? What would it look like? Wouldn't have any idea. But that doesn't, that's not the question. The question is, Abraham Lincoln didn't preserve the Union for that. He did it for something totally different. Again, the issue of slavery totally off the table. I mean, the South was suing for peace long before it is Lincoln allowed, uh, brought about the end of the war through combat because he, he didn't want to give peace. He wanted the Emancipation Proclamation, good, bad, or indifferent, but the South wanted peace. His own countrymen suing for peace, and he wouldn't hear them. South wanted peace on their terms. That's right. Without the Emancipation. That's right. Yeah. And and, and, totally and, and and again, whether it, you know whether it's um, constitutional or not is something totally different. Was was Lincoln's position with regards to slavery moral? Absolutely moral. But was it constitutional? No. You see, and that's the, but that's the debate. And here this comes back to it. That's the debate and the ability we are losing in this nation to have that conversation. You try to have this conversation with a bunch of 15 to 20 year olds? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what I just said there, I, I'm, I don't I'm, think any of us would leave the room. Well, not a, I mean, <laughs> not a on, on, a, on, on a stretcher, <laughs> right? But, but that, you see, but that's the, the challenge to be able to have that conversation reasonably is what we've lost and what we're losing. That's why this is important. So people can listen to us and say, gosh, I really disagree with what you're saying, but in the words of Voltaire, I will defend to my death your right to say it. Right. But that's what we're doing. there's right there. By the way, the folks trying to take over here don't believe in that. They don't believe in that. They are so far on the other side of that, and that's what frightens me. It's the ends that justifies the means, totally. Well, the, you're absolutely right. They don't believe in, they don't believe in the First Amendment. Anything that offends should not be heard. Well, I believe in the First is, Amendment as long as you agree with them. 
Well, that's their first. That, that's a different kind of First Amendment. Right. Uh, you know, we we couldn't have these conversations in pretty much in any other country, even. And there are people. Oh well, there are other free countries. You know what? Their freedoms of speech do not extend to the the levels that ours do, and ours are even cut off by companies that own platforms that are used by people within the general public, but those are owned platforms by corporations that are that are uh, accepted as individual entities way to tiptoe and you know what hey yeah, well I gotta get this out somehow so you know <laughs> it's, so, I've, I've so, already had so a hard you're, time you're, getting our podcast so what you're doing is, is you're proving that there are restrictions here as well there are Oh, yeah, yeah. there are some names. So here, you're, right? you're saying there we're more liberal than any other country, but look at we're tiptoeing. We're, we are tiptoeing because I want. Then here's why I'm tiptoeing because I want this to get heard, and and it, it drives me up a freaking wall. Okay, you know I'll I'll because this will get this will get put out on Twitter. I'll put a link out there. But Twitter actually blocked a tweet from the president of the United States that I follow on my feed because I, frankly, his tweets are enjoyable. They. Certainly interesting. If nothing, if nothing else, the guy has an awesome sense of humor. Makes me laugh on occasion. But I, you know, I am not, and I actually am not opposed to Donald Trump. But they blocked a tweet from him. I had to go in manually adjust my settings so I could see what it was because the settings are preset so to block certain content they deem too sensitive for my. They my, being Twitter. My, my little, yeah, Twitter. Twitter automatically blocks content they deem too sensitive for my sensitive little eyes because I am such the delicate flower. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I appreciate their concern, but I had to go in and manually do this uh, via the website uh, to go back and find what it was. And the tweet was simply about the, uh, the new tax law that was passed. No foul language, nothing about... Uh, firearms, oh, no. I think it was just you know, hey, uh, very innocuous. I'm like, wow. So they they really felt like uh, the president's tweet was something I shouldn't see. Uh, well, and we threw that in they. It they means Twitter. Who the, knows? You know, but again, Twitter. It's not even they. It's it's it maybe even be one very high up individual within that organization. It could be. You know, you know, it could be. But that it's their platform. They own it and. And by their terms of terms and conditions that you interpretation that you you click that you agree with, it's their ball, their rules, their ball, their game. I get that. I understand that. It's not a place of freedom of speech. It's what they want to have commuted. They own it. You want to play on their playground. You gotta abide by and agree to abide by their rules. Same as any employer you walk into, because these are. Entities are identified as individual entities. They enjoy the same rights, liberties, and freedoms as we do as individual people. So, you know, they're of all their rules. Facebook is the same way. Magazines, newspapers. You know, exactly. TV shows. Whatever the media, the, the media that we... So far, the Internet is above that. And I'm terrified that that is not going to remain true. So, for instance... Peter, you're, you're having trouble getting the word out on a podcast and specifically the downloads of the podcast and stuff like that because you're being censored by a number of admittedly owned, you know, if There are people that don't right? want to hear what we're talking about. I can put up a website that nobody can block. Now, getting the word out about that website could be really interesting. Right. We may we may come down to passing cards to one another and, and so forth, right? Yeah, you still end up having to play in the same ball, ball game. Yeah, you still end up playing the same ball game. Uh, the uh, uh, the the I'd like perhaps next week to talk about the tactics that you've learned to need to go to have in place to go around this stuff. It, it and, frightens me. And we can because the posts that I've had to put up that get through that I know get through, and we're still enjoying some download, but I have to fight for it each week to get it. It, it starts out when we when we pop this up, the, the numbers go boom, and then each week they, the, the numbers rise quickly, but then they drop off even quicker. 
so that we we're, we still hit boom, but then each week it's quicker. And so I have to push and push and push and push, and I have to use language in the posts that are, uh, you know, very left-leaning language. It's and in fact, John, um, last week you had in our episode an absolutely wonderful quote that did quite well when I put it out through this, Uh-oh. which was, um, uh, here, John, you said, there is a reason to talk about the mindset of this toxic gun culture that we have promoted under the auspice of our Constitution. Wow. That actually did I well. I remember that, and I, I thought to myself, and, who um, is sitting here? <laughs> there, there is also... Uh, John, this quote from you did did quite well uh, too. Uh, I have superb prostate health. There is evidently a large number of there people. There was context there. There, 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 there is evidently, but that's all that I put. That was the quote that went that preceded the tweet. So there are evidently a large number of people who are concerned, John, about your prostate health, my prostate health, evidently the prostate health of every man in this table. Well, no, no less. So I, I am sincerely appreciative of that. No less they than me. So. And, <laughs> and the other thing that John you said was. And I'm quoting John like crazy because his quotes, because of the position you took last week, did remarkably well in pushing out the, the podcast here. It's scary, and, isn't it? Uh, we are coming up on uh, 47 minutes of record time here. But, uh, John, you said, uh, let's suspend legal due process. Let's imprison a few journalists. Let's actually proceed to go about the business of some censorship. That did remarkably well. Right, and now you have, again, to the point that you have a certain percentage of college students on American campuses that believe it's okay to abort a child at two years of age. You have people that are willing to engage and buy into that. You have the complete and total loss of what it, where it is we came from. Jumping back to, do you know why it is, how it is Tennessee got into the Union? In 1796, do you know how this happened? They got into the Union because they threatened the federal government. They sued to get into the Union, and the Fed said, we're not interested. We're not really interested in you being a part of the Union. They said, fine, we will, because they're bordered with what was then called the Colony of Louisiana, owned by, controlled by Spain, okay? They proceeded to say, fine, we'll petition Spain and we'll go that direction. And the feds then said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we want you. My point being this, the genius of our founding fathers, they understood that competition would hold people at the federal level accountable. The reason why it is if you join a union, you have the right to leave the union is important because it keeps the pressure on the feds to be responsive to the populace and to the people. But when you have a people and a populace that perhaps will engage in this and say, let's imprison people now and do process later if we ever get around to it. Let's go ahead and abort some 30 some odd million in the womb and hey, let's extend abortion rates out to two years of age. When you've come to that point, Benjamin Franklin once said, people, uh, immoral people or unjust people are in need of more laws and more masters. Have we come to that point? And if we have, in fact, come to that point, you need to control your guns. You need to legislate your drugs. You need to legislate your behaviors, what you can eat, because obviously you're not doing the right things. And that's where the leftists, that's where they're taking their position from. They're taking that position based on factual application of those ideologies of 0.000118%. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. There is no justification statistically, and I know that's horribly cold of me to say, but there is no justification for that position statistically. It does not exist. Indeed, there's a lot of evidence in the other but to your point, John, anybody can come up with any idea, any thought, and and and, and acquire followers. Mm-hmm. Of, of 
think anything. I mean, some of the dumbest things you ever see in the world. You know, products <laughs> or things that come out. Look at Pet Rocks. Look how popular Pet Rocks were. Seriously? Yeah. Run to your yard, pick up a rock. Yeah. Or go to the store and pay 10 bucks. Were they 10 bucks? I don't know. I never bought a pet. About that. I don't know what they got to, but, uh, you know, it, you, well, look at point, the point being, you can follow, you can, you can, you can get followers to any belief you want. Right. But the difference in a pet rock is that if I want to be the rube that goes down to the store and buys a pet rock for $10, that's of my free will to spend $10 that I have earned mm-hmm. and to go buy a pet rock as opposed to someone saying, well, you must pay for my pet rock. And there's a law now that states you must pay for my stuff based off of your labor and wealth is confiscated from your income because at the end of the day, it's really not yours. The government allows you to keep it. Well, we have a whole society set up on you know, the welfare system, right? Yeah. That never runs out of money. It's our money. So, so just keep giving it to them. It's their money as well. Yeah, we always hear Social Security run out of money, though. I don't know, I don't know how that works. Perhaps that would be a subject for next time. (laughs) Gentlemen, we're at 51 minutes of record time, which means a few hours of editing for me. Uh, So I would like to, if it's okay with you, I'd like to wrap things down here. Thank you guys very much for joining me. What do you guys think of doing this here in in the office instead of at uh, the restaurant? It was great. It was great. I know we have a smaller group this morning, but I don't think we lacked in conversation in any way. Uh, but um, it just seemed to be a little bit better environment. And so. The perfect size when we get back to our normal. Yeah. So, and anybody listening, music in the background. Though. Yeah. yeah. Well, anybody listening can let me know what they think. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I appreciate you spending time with me. Thank you for joining me for episode ten of Civil Tension. We'll be back again next week. Meanwhile, have a wonderful week, a wonderful time, and go out and talk amongst yourselves, have great conversations. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it.